Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. moving away from the mic <laughs> that means it's time to say good evening good evening jen good evening Noam, and sorry everybody we didn't have time to pick new like special theme music for this week <laughs> yeah no i i thought about it as i was peeing before the show <laughs> and i was like eh we already did mando once we, i think we did the last of us once well i i look i i searched spotify for chris rock and i was like i didn't find anything and i don't want to get sued in <laughs> or slapped or well well no because because chris rock does not do the slapping right that's true as he made it clear yeah no i mean like but we would play something of his that would insult Will Smith enough for him to slap us, I guess. <laughs> Apparently, I read that um, he's ups hurt and upset by it. Oh, Will Smith? Yes. Or, well, yeah, or hurt, I mean, hurt and uh, embarrassed or something like that. Hold on. Let me see. I can't say I Will blame Smith. him because, okay, so obviously, um, well, first off, turn, it's the, when, turn yeah. the music off. It's Wednesday night. We're all crossed out, obviously. Right. Okay. Sorry. I put it. It was actually not. What? It's like a music bed in the back. I just put my phone on. <laughs> it's just going to be playing the, the whole episode. Yeah. Where is it? Chris Rockway. Anyway. Will Smith can't. Anywho. Just, well, I must say, while Noam looks that up, obviously you can tell by the title of tonight's episode and the description. Uh, we watched the new Chris Rock episode or episode, special. sorry, special. Everything's an episode to me now. Special last night, selective outrage, um, mainly because like clearly it was reported that he was going to be addressing the slap and everybody knows like, okay, the, the time Will Smith slapped Chris Rock on the Oscar stage. Yes, actually so, a, hmm. a thing that like a big uh, an early main character of this podcast <laughs> or not this, but Will like, Smith I mean this too. It. Yeah, exactly. It actually started the, t <laughs> the Taylor Lorenz minute actually started as a Will Smith minute because we just kept talking about it. Cause for, yeah, for like three weeks or something it was like, just that. like an ongoing thing. There was always some story. Cause then he got kicked out of the thing and then he apologized. And then Chris Rock did it there. And then Dave Chappelle, Almost got stabbed, and it was kind of related to that because that guy was there was some because kind Chris of... Rock had to run on the stage to go save Dave Chappelle and everything. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the the uh, so yeah, it's uh, this the special that in and he the everyone was waiting for this material, which obviously becomes like a running joke in the special itself, right? Because Chris Rock famously didn't talk about the incident right after the incident because he was saving it for the special, which understandable. Yeah. And then <laughs> totally there, save it for the content, my dear. And there were stories that he had like uh joked about it in clubs, like playing clubs and stuff. It's not that he never said anything about it. He never said anything about it in this kind of like uh you know like super public forum. Yeah, like an official 
special right now or whatever um and uh yeah it's a funny it's a funny running gag where he's like you know what but oh snoop, i don't want any more rappers mad at me yeah snoop <laughs> i love snoop i don't want to i'm not trying to start a beef with snoop i'm not i don't want any rappers mad at me but never mind we're not we're not talking about that we're not because right. <laughs> i mean there, there's two ways to discuss the special which is that holistically and we both enjoyed it although we do both admit that like you do have to be of a certain age to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's a big – I think there's a – more so than other – maybe now I should think about this when I watch other specials. But this the first special that I remember maybe ever that uh, feels very generational. It feels like very – if you're under 40 or close to close to 40, it, you'll still find it funny. It's not that it's not funny. But I think – like I saw a lot of people who are like our age and up say like it's the best thing they've seen in many years and that it's his magnum opus i think it's very hard to compare to his actual magnum opus which is bigger and blacker but mm -hmm. uh but I, I mean i thought it was so insightful it's rare for a comedy special to have multiple different bits where you're like wow this was a, a, a like a primo bit like the Chappelle, right like i won't say it's better than the closer no, no but, but i mean Maybe not, but like, so, okay. But again, you're also talking about two different comics with two right. actual different styles, which right. is something else that you can kind but of discuss. I was, right. I was going to mention the closer, not to compare which one is better, but just to say that that was also a special that I walked away from thinking this had multiple different, it wasn't like there was a bit that was terrific and the rest was funny, whatever, but there was mm -hmm. like multiple incidents of him talking about different things. Yeah. Louis CK's chewed up another one like that, where you're like, there's like six different like un, like uh, like uh, unforgettably funny bits from that special. So yeah, anyway. Right, and that's the way like a good comedy special goes. Is it's like it's not about a specific topic. Like there may be an overarching sort of theme, but the the content within. I mean, you can touch on like tons of different topics, which Quit Rock does. Like any everything from the slap to dating women in their 40s versus dating women in their 20s <laughs> spaghetti <laughs> it's like spaghetti like spaghetti it just sat on the stove a little longer <laughs> <laughs> but we all like we we need like actual like monetary assistance like <laughs> like we're not we're not content with just like a pair of shoes, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like no 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 i need to get my engine rebuilt <laughs> that was that chick who's 40 will be like hey can you help me fix my roof because we have like actual concerns in life. <laughs> that made me, that was one of the biggest laughs that I had the whole person. She's like, hey, can you help me fix my roof? <laughs> but see, like, I'm not a homeowner, right? And I'm also not rich. So, like, women don't ask me to, like, fix their mom's teeth or something like that, <laughs> which I had a friend, uh, have a friend who's, who's wealthy and yeah, ended up for like his ex doing stuff like doing her mom's dental work. Right. And like, and the whole like ongoing joke is like, okay, like when you're dating a woman in her twenties, like she doesn't really have like concerns like that. So she just like, I just want to pair shoes. Can you give me these shoes? I like these shoes. I'm going to send you like these shoes. Can you buy me the shoes? And then, and then when you're in your forties, you're like, I, I need I need to get my roof replaced. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, can you help me with my mortgage? Yeah, like <laughs> because like when we're in our forties, we have like actual bills and stuff. Uh, yeah, actual problems. Yeah, yeah shoes, we have actual problems. Shoes, like, shoes, not enough no more. Shoes, yeah, no. <laughs> now, uh, I again, uh, I saw some people complain that the special was 
mean jokes about things that you shouldn't joke about, which a lot of people were like, oh, wow, I got to go watch it now. Yeah, that's comedy. That's literally comedy is jokes about things you shouldn't make jokes about. Well, he – so here's the thing. He he does the thing, right? He talks about – he talks about cancel culture. He doesn't call Mm -hmm. it that. He doesn't use that term. But he talks about select selective outrage. Yeah, I mean that's the title of the special is selective outrage. Yes, but he doesn't. Don't worry. He talks oh, about January sixth, and he says that Republicans are shitty and liars and all that shit. Like he doesn't. But there is also an extended bit about abortion that I um, I can imagine pissed a lot of people off. A very famous sort of so like if you watch like an old uh, the old like Patrice O'Neill special, mm-hmm. he does a similar he has a similar thing where he will he will bait the audience into like applause and then make them like in retrospect, right. like a- agreeing with the thing they actually think is disgusting. Right. A very good sort of rhetorical trick. We don't got to spoil it. We don't have to spoil all the jokes. Right. right. We're not we can just talk jo- about the shoes. The, the shoes. The shoes. Look at the shoes. Look at the shoes. <laughs> the shoes. I'm going to come over and model the shoes. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, like he goes, like I said, he says <laughs> he go, he goes a lot after. It's not he's not uh, trying to appeal to the right wing. Like that isn't because there is this like perception every time a comedian does something like this, right? He talks about how college students are wieners or I don't know what all that crap. Uh, uh, there's this big like a rush to say, oh look, there they decided that the right wing should be their audience, and that's their applying to. But there, again, it's there is a generational thing, and there's these comedians who are like, I can't play at a college anymore because mm-hmm. people are fucking crybabies. And I tell this story a lot. I had a teacher in college, professor in college, who played in a wedding band years before he taught there in New Jersey. That was a big band that played like uh, Jewish music, <laughs> big band style for I like want, Jewish want, events. Yeah, I want big band have a Nagila. Yeah, my no, my like my <laughs> uncle's wedding had a thing like that, like a big band that did like yeah. swing Sinatra style have a Nagila. It was fucking awesome. This That's was like fun. Tw- this was like twenty years yeah. ago. But anyway, uh, this this band and they did this thing too. And their shtick was that they like performed dressed like Hasidic Jews. Now some of them are Jewish, and some of them mm-hmm. aren't. And he told me that, like, invariably, the older Jews fucking loved it, clapped, laughed. The younger Jews would sit there, like, tisk tick, clicking their tongues and looking at each other, like, "Well, this uh, this seems awfully improper. That man <laughs> with the ginger beard can't possibly be Jewish." Well, that's because, and I mean, in this particular instance, like, older Jews have experienced things that younger Jews just have not, like. I mean, and I, that's not to like downplay like current things about anti-Semitism or anything, but like older Jews, like when you're like an older Jew, especially in the United States or in Israel, like you probably have a family member who was in the Holocaust. Like it gives you a certain level of perspective, even if you don't like you remember what it was like for it to be perfectly okay for people to just be openly anti-semitic is it a a chris rock bit or a dave Chappelle bit where he was talking he's talking about like you know about how if you see like an old black person like they know race like they they know they're from a time like they lived under jim crow they know somebody no but i mean but the joke is like somebody tell me somebody tell me that somebody tell me if they recognize this where he's like from the time where like a white person would just like jump on his back and like be like take me to the bank right (laughs) and like they're and so they look at like 
young complainy people and are like, come like, on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, JD asked if any of my, any of my family members die in the Holocaust. It's actually a kind of a complicated answer. Yes. Yes. And also it's complicated, but yes. And also escaped obviously. And right. also escaped Germany before like they like fled. They Germany. got out. Yes. In fact, on my dad's side of the family, my great, uh, my great, grandfather on my father's side i believe it's my grandfather's father mm -hmm. uh owned um like a auto co-owned like a auto shop in germany mm -hmm. and he co-owned it with like a non-jewish german and the non-jewish german came to him at sometime in like the late 20s and said let me pay you out and take your family and leave and go to you know, the land of Israel, which is exactly wow. what he did. Yeah. So that's a, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little heavy, but yeah. yeah. So, but no, but, but what, but, Jen, no. but this, it, this all but plays that, into yeah, that's the, the same. Point is like, yeah. As JD knows being a, uh, the, the, his, the history uh, person that he is, uh, we are all, even us children of the long, what they call the long piece, the period between world war two and now, which is, you know, despite the fact that there were plenty of wars, there were no like wars between any of the great powers and each other, right? We grew up essentially in an era of war, quote unquote world peace, right? As opposed to world war, right? There have been wars, but the world has been at peace. Right. Like our certain little like micro generation, whether you want to call them like exennials, which is my preference or baby millennials, but people who came of age in the nineties. And so we kind of got like to grow up in the best time ever. Sorry for everybody else that didn't. Um, but yeah, so the, yeah. The, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, we, we were in places, I mean, obviously like Black Hawk Down proved that we were in Bosnia. There was still stuff going on. In oh, you mean, uh, no, not in Bosnia, in Bos uh, Somalia, Somalia, mm -hmm. but we were also in Bosnia too. And like there there was shit going on, but not something that was like really publicly known. So it was considered like peacetime and there was a lot of like innovation going on in the United States. And it was kind of like this sort of very cool, fun time to grow up. And I mean, that's not just being like, you know, 90s homerism. Looking back at other decades, it really was a pretty fucking cool time. Yeah, to, like, well, I, I was – well, for, I, again, I have a different experience because I right. didn't grow up so, here. The 90s in Israel were a very different place, uh, different, 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 different time. But uh, mm -hmm. but the um, – still, like all of – like none of us know the real sting of war. Well, none of us. Somebody who is there? Somebody in is somebody listening to this? Was from Bosnia or from something like that? Maybe they mm -hmm. know, right? And I and I know a little, but yeah, I was you know more than I. Yeah, but but I was for the you know for the for the most part, I'm on the side that's winning, right? So like it's a little it's a little different, right? But also, yes, look, the the first Gulf War. Uh, was a time when I, I had to walk around with the uh, like I was a, a wee child, walk, a wee lads. Yeah, walk around with the gas mask every everywhere. Like everybody had a standard issue. It was to the point where there were kids shows. You know how like uh, like kids shows would have like uh, I don't know what American kid show potentially would have a thing like that, but like uh, like a uh, uh, a segment in the show where you would do a craft, right? Yeah. Okay, kids. Today we're a, gonna. We did like 
macaroni art on plates. Something like that. And so there would be like a set, like a Sesame Street or something mm-hmm. like that. And one of the segments would be, but it's not Mr. Right. No, no, it, it is a little more like a Sesame Street, but like there would be like a, like a, like a segment where you would do a craft thing. Like today we'll learn how to do a little snow globe out of a bottle. I know something like that. Right. And if they did a, during the first call four, they did one of those craft segments on the TV shows and how to decorate the box for your gas mask to that make it fun. all nice we're, and like, not look put, like a, yeah, we're going to put some glitter. Yeah. Make, yeah. A little glitter on it. like wrapping paper, like a, like a birthday present right. kind of thing. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you unwrap it because, um, shit has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. I mean, you, that's, you laugh, but like, I know, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. But I mean, that is a, that is a, that is a thing. Right. And still, but still the world continued to revolve. There was still TV. My grandparents came to visit me from the States. It was weird that they came because like, it was a weird time to come visit, but like thing like shit still moved on, especially on like the global level, right? That's what I mean by world at war, world not at war. Like during World War II, if you were in a country where fighting was going on, it was impossible to ignore the fact that the world was at war, right? The Mm. the, The global economy was totally focused on it. It was a thing that you couldn't not, you know, be a part of unless you were like, I, no, you know what? I was going to say like a Polynesian tribesman, but fuck no. In the war in the Pacific, like the Polynesian <laughs> tribesman didn't Even evade. they weren't safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so, so it, that kind of thing. Well, here in the 90s in America, we were just, you know, running the streets, hanging out in malls, drinking and doing drugs and fucking. Yeah. The Rus- yeah, uh, uh, JD says the Russo-Ukrainian war is the largest European war since World War II. And Americans seem to have largely forgotten about it. Yeah, more, even more minor conflicts. Like, remember the Russia-Georgia War of 2008? No? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers it. Like, it was quick. It was like a quick, it was like a lightning thing. But I remember at the time, it was like a big deal. Or we like, what the fuck? Russia-Georgia, what is it, the Soviet Union again? Little did we know 15 years later. Oh, my God. And look at what's going on in Georgia now. Like, the country, not the... Like, not the states. <laughs> they're having like not a i don't i won't call them riots because they're not riots but like full-scale protests out in the streets because like the the citizens want to join the eu and the the government's against it and now they're bringing out like they're trying to suppress these protests and it's it's yeah. ugly yeah yeah this was the one in uh in abkhazia and east ossetia right that's what it was there you go oh south ossetia not east ossetia see this is why you kick my ass at shepherd <laughs> i get my ossetias mixed up <laughs> no but see the reason i know this is because to me at the time this was a really big thing like i've been on twitter my tweets don't exist from back then i've been on twitter since early 2009 and like from day one i was like russia not a good like i'm getting bad vibes from russia this was like back in 2008 like i've been having like weird spidey sense shit about russia for many many years at this point and when uh when uh when uh when romney got mocked for saying you know russia whatever the 80s call wants their right. back i remember being I, particularly miffed about that because i was like right. this is and bullshit it, they really are though and it literally turned out he was right yeah like, okay like okay <laughs> we could probably save this for like a sunday pod but the the mitt romney like revival that has happened now that he's like 
the the one like good conservative who's like anti-Trump and everything, and it turns out that like he was right about so much shit, yeah. and that we that he probably should have just elected him when he ran. Or John, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean the same thing about like John McCain. Yeah. There's a lot of that, but eventually George Bush. I mean, even there's, in there's some like circles a strange, already. Yeah. yeah, like a strange new respect sort of jam going on for Mitt Romney. Yep, absolutely, and I uh, yeah, old so. mittens. So, uh, Chris Rock. Anyway, yeah, back to the Chris Rock yeah. special. Because, so, yeah, he, and again, so yeah. like I said, he's not, he, this isn't a, like a right wing dog whistle. Absolutely not. It really is not. It actually is like, he does make a couple of kind of hack jokes. If you're online, you know these, mm-hmm. like about the, how people are complaining about stuff when they use phones made by slave labor or whatever. Yeah, we've all heard that point, right? Right. But, um, but it isn't, it, it is mostly about, but it goes to the point of like selective outrage. Yeah. Well, and just like the attention economy and right. uh, like that, that kind of stuff. It, to me, that is, it's funny because the special is called selective outrage. I think that's the least killer material in the special. I think because you think, oh, great. Another one who's going to, another comedian who's going to speak out about this bullshit. And he does. But then he goes on to to do way funnier things, I think. Yeah, Michael Jackson, Bazaar Kelly. Same crap, yeah. better songs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Which, I mean, is a valid point, but it is also one that's been made before. But let's talk about the part of the special where he talks about the slap. Yes. Because so he like, I cl- yeah. I clearly it's addressed. And I was not quite expecting – I mean I, I didn't expect Chris Rock to pull any punches here. But I did not expect him to go as hard on Will and Jada as he did because he didn't just bring up the slap. He brought up everything that happened before the slap, including – the episode of Jada's podcast, Red Table Talk, right, where she Jen, had Will on. Yeah, because Jen was all about this. I didn't know a lot about the 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 background and the Red Table Talk thing, and Jen was right. going off on. And this is old. Yeah, like you were all about how fucked up that was. And it yeah, was were- entirely <laughs> fucked up, and Chris Rock fucking went in on Jada for doing that and plenty of other things. He basically was like this shit is all her fault. And he went in on her for doing that episode and rightfully pointed out that like after that episode, like he reached out to Will Smith to offer his condolences when everybody else was calling him a bitch, when everybody else was calling him like a cuck and a bitch. And like, what kind of shit is this that you're going to sit here and your wife is sitting here talking about, you know, fucking some other dude and like you're clearly upset but you're gonna sit there and just like do this episode and she's gonna fucking release it like like that episode is fucked up honestly like it's it's hard to listen to and there's video and it's hard to watch because it's clear that will is not okay with the situation he's upset like they like they like it was tried to like when when this what sorry i was trying to look up which episode this is so that i could tell people it's episode 13 that we discussed <laughs> it but like the tweet that i had i read it and it made me laugh it says episode 13 is live jen and noam with the full breakdown from last night's red carpet premiere of gi jane 2 <laughs> which is because that, jo- that was the joke that got the slap because <laughs> jada has alopecia and so she's bald and so you can't 
make a joke about it, even though Chris Rock made a joke about it, and Will obviously thought it was funny. I don't even at know the time he, until she got pissed. I don't even know if if he because many times they don't even write those jokes. Somebody writes them a joke, right? Like that's like I know that that is a a, a thing. I mean, I imagine Chris Rock, especially at this point in his career, has pretty heavy editorial content over the material that comes out of his mouth i mean i'm not saying he wrote the joke but i mean he definitely approved the joke and like and and that was the whole thing is like when you watch that video so he makes the joke about gi jane too because you know jada's sitting there and she's bald she doesn't have a wig on she's got alopecia what the fuck ever will initially laughs at the joke and then he looks over at jada she's pissed and so all of a sudden he's got to like fucking snap into being pissed and then he goes up there and slaps chris rock which is like the most insane overreaction to like something ever so that's what started this, this whole controversy but the thing in the the chris rock special when he's talking about this i mean he's making jokes and it's funny but it's also clear that he is upset about the situation like he's upset not that he got slapped. I mean, I mean, I'm clearly so upset he got slapped. I mean, anybody would be, but he's upset about like everything that happened before that. And then everything that happened after that. And so like yeah. I say, he's making jokes, but it's clear that there's a little edge there where he's like genuinely pissed off. Yeah. Look here. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He, 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 he deeply badly messes up a joke says, Oh, I messed up the joke and then kind of circles back around and makes it like two minutes later. Right. And he could have easily edited that out. It was actually pretty easy. And I think one of the, I think that's actually the reason why he told the joke. He was thinking, okay, we can edit around this, but then he probably watched it back and was and like, like, keep, it. It, keep yeah. it in, keep it in. It's fine. Like uh, literally every podcaster knows this feeling. <laughs> it's important. You know what? I actually, but, but yeah. and also like those moments like that are great. Cause also there was another thing where like somebody was yelling when he first came on stage and he was like, sit down uh word and, i'm not gonna and, say yeah and word <laughs> um, sit down but he was yeah like he was like he, he yelled at that guy like to sit down and again they could have cut they could have cut that out if he wanted it to be slick and perfect but like yeah. why right and so yeah he he totally messed up the joke uh went for it again it would still killed because he was in the middle of this rant right the anger was uh, this guy was – this was a thing that he was living. This was a thing that was in the public consciousness, spoken about, laughed about. And he has the fucking audacity to slap me on TV because I mentioned – because I did – I didn't even talk about her fucking other dudes. Like I made a small joke about her and all of that other baggage was like – and 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 the, also the thing he said, which was something not discussed. He was like, you don't see this on TV He's way bigger than me, and he knows he can push me around if he wants to. So that bitch, everybody made fun of him. Six foot seven dudes with abs made fun of him and called him a bitch and a cuck. And he, I'm the one he hits because I'm small and I can't fight back. And he's absolutely right. And he's that is, and he's mad at that. And look, I'll tell a story. I'm going to be very, very, very vague, right? Yes, tar, but <laughs> it's about Will Smith leading up to this lap. <laughs> uh, something once happened to me where uh, uh, I was in a, a scenario where a lot of people were making jokes 
at someone, someone announced something good had happened to them. And a lot of people were responding with like jokey responses. And I responded with a, you know, very in line jokey response to the other jokey responses and got a really, really mad message from someone else in this group saying, how dare you say this? And you're all kinds of stuff like that. And I felt uh, both really hurt and really angry. And I felt that exact emotion emitting from him, that thing of like, both like feeling like, feeling like, what did I do to deserve this? And then also with like an undertone of like, fuck you. But like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't fair. Like I didn't do anything like shut up. Like, yeah, both. I didn't do anything and you're dumping on me, you know, stuff that other people did to you because like, you feel like you can push me around. It's like, it's a sentiment that I really understood. And yeah, he was, really fucking mad for real doing that and it's cool i think good fucking fucking good let the anger flow through you chris and he did it in a funny way because he's pointing out like okay this dude played muhammad ali in a movie and i was pookie (laughs) i played pookie i wasn't auditioning for muhammad ali that was that was so good but he's also pointing out it's like okay i didn't i didn't dog you when everybody else was dogging you I reached out to you to even like try to talk to you in that moment when the red table conversation came out. I I like I reached out to you to like give my condolences, as he put it. And Will Smith did not return his phone call. And, but, and he even- also brought up the thing we talked about, which was the Jada, where this goes back to Jada like demanding that he not host the 2015 Oscars right. because he didn't get nominated for concussion. And it was well, that Will didn't get nominated for yes. concussion. So that was the Oscars so white. That's the first time they did an Oscar so white was in 2015. And it was led primarily, I believe, by Jada Pinkett Smith. And yeah, she was like, Chris Rock shouldn't host. And I think there was some kind of like super minor attempt at like drama stirring up back then. Mm -hmm. But yeah, apparently there was some, some resentment. And he says on stage, he says like this, what did this bitch want me to like, right. Like, like give up work because her husband didn't get nominated. Fuck you. This is is when he really started going in on Jada because he's like, you wanted me to not host the Oscars because your husband didn't get nominated for something. It's like, are, are you fucking kidding me? And so he goes in on her for that. He goes in on her for the whole situation with her podcast. and Entanglements. Entanglements. I didn't have any entanglements. <laughs> I didn't have no entanglements. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's true. And, like, his point is, like, okay, I, I literally reached out to Will when that situation happened. He did – I don't remember if he mentioned it in the special, but it is known that he reached out to Will – after the slap incident, like nothing was reciprocated. Like he's like, I, 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 I tried. Like, listen, I, 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 I love Will. I love his music. I love his movies. Yeah, I was talking I, about I, going to watch him like thirty years ago. Right. He's like, I, I'm a fucking fan, and I'm like, I all I ever did was try to be cool to this dude, and like, this is what I get. Yeah, really, like. Uh... 
like like there was a, a like, like a core there was like a definite like anger yeah there was some definite like actual honest to god anger not just like performative like i'm gonna be like angry for the joke but like he seemed like he was genuinely like hurt yeah it feels like if it feels like he walked away with the feeling of like i tried to to be like buddies with you for years and he right. didn't do anything. The first time you fucking notice me is when you f- hit me in the face on TV. Like that's so when I make like, be... a, like some like basic, honestly, like basic bitch joke about your wife. Very ba- extremely basic bitch. Extre- like, like really it was, it was a tiny, it was like a groan. She made a little face. Like I, could you and imagine? Will decided like fuck act out. You just need to understand. The thing that you need to understand is, how little any of us would have remembered that if nothing had happened. You think we right. would have remembered that fucking GI Jane two joke? No. Like I know the, the the there's like weird timeless jokes that survive from the Oscar, like where Letterman hosted. This is like a gazillion years ago, and he did the whole like Oprah Uma. Remember that bit? That fun, that oh, famous Oscar yeah. bit <laughs> where he was commenting. It, but it's classic because it's like surrealist because it was all about how if you say the names of like a lot of Hollywood people, like mm-hmm. just the first name alone, it sounds very, really weird. So he's going like Oprah Uma, Oprah. Where's Keanu? Right? <laughs> Whatever. And it's, it's very funny if you go find it. But that's like some random insult so we got russell crowe here wow russell you got fat (laughs) (laughs) remember that joke from 2013 the 2013 oscars right like and now it's one of the most like it's gonna be one of the most remembered moments ever in like like oscar history because he decided to go fucking slap yeah like ever (laughs) and it, it majorly impacted his both his career and his like him his actual like image um but and yeah it's just yeah anyway i think we can i think we can talk a little about um do you, i would say which do you want to discuss mandalorian or last of us so i think what we will do is we can talk a little mando first because we're not gonna we're not gonna do mando spoilers i think mm-hmm. because it's too fresh right fresh it's so fresh we can talk a little bit it just dropped today yeah <laughs> so we could talk but- we'll do last of us spoilers at the very end end so we'll do a little non-spoiler Mando, a little non-spoiler Last of Us, a little spoiler Last of Us. Because, I mean, there's things, like, we can discuss about both of them that aren't technically spoilers. Yeah. I mean, this episode of Mandalorian is very good. Yeah. I I, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that people have complained about, and obviously this has been a complaint across various shows for years now, is the lighting in the show and not this this isn't spoilery i don't think no um the vast majority of this episode oh, takes place in, in a cave yeah in dark in, in, dar- in dark locales very right. stark not, locales not super bright locations we're in caves and so obviously it's darkly lit yeah what jen is uh, referring to is there's been a, at least two sort of major controversies about but- yeah, the first real one was back the in, long night in Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, the 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 real the the wall fights. Oh no, no, not the wall fight. The wall fight, I think, is fine. I think the oh. the first time there was like a controversy was the then the battle with the Night King. So it's called Long Night. It's the episode of season the last season. And there was one before that, though. No, because the one you're thinking of, there was a episode of House of the Dragon. That got criticized for that. No, there was a there was some Game of Thrones ones, but anyway. Okay, anyway, never mind. 
I read, I think IGN reviewed this episode and said, oh, it's really, really dark. Now I watch, I watch these episodes like twice. And one of them, like I watch on my computer and the others, the other time I watch it proper on the TV or whatever. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. A couple of the scenes were dark. I got to watch them properly on the TV. And and we watched them now with like a critical eye. And I was like, nah, it's fine. Right. So I think the thing comes down to like, okay, when we're watching it, on your TV, like you have a 4K OLED TV and we can adjust the lighting in yeah. here. Although I like- got to say OLED, the thing OLEDs are high contrast, but they're low brightness. Right. If you have a QLED that's like a thousand nits and is like burning, burning into your retinas from how bright it is. It'll probably look even more bright than this which is actually interesting because the oleds will make the blacks more saturated than like leds or anything else but anyway so when we are watching this on your setup we're watching it on a fairly premium setup yeah sure and like i said we we adjust the lighting in here we turn the lighting down and so it's we can kind of watch it that way but people who don't like i can see where there'd be contrast issues but anything but anyway the point is, it's an episode that's basically shot in a cave. Yes. So, like, what are you gonna do? Right, and 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 I I do think that there is a, a little bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of uh, thing going on. But un- also, unlike uh, those episodes of Game of Thrones, particularly The Long Night, there is a lot of art direction going on here mm-hmm. that kind of makes it good. Because you know, like, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just gonna have to, I'm gonna have to compare this for a second to Lord of the Rings because the the episode even like it's kind of lampshades uh, a lot of its kind of Lord of the Rings connections, which is fine. I don't care. It's a pulpy show. It's right, making it's a fine. reference to it. Yeah, no, no, that was I was I was perfectly happy with all that stuff. I thought it was a, a very fun sort of o- almost homage, but uh, um. But when they're in the mines of Moria, the mines of Moria, there's a lot of scenes that are dark in there, right? Because you're in a fucking mine. Yeah, but there, this is no, it's a tomb. <laughs> um, but like art direction and uh, making things uh, like uh, with the uh, with um color palettes, realist color palettes, and like these big vistas mm-hmm. of underground ruins and stuff. Uh, I think it worked really well, and I also, but and and on top of that, uh, again, some good uh, some good money in this episode. A lot of money left on screen in this mm-hmm. episode, and uh, a yeah, lot. <laughs> yeah, some like original stuff. And but and uh, additionally, and on top of that, a good character episode, extremely good, good character development in in places that you did not expect it to happen. Yeah, and and. Uh, a, a, a major part of this, of what people and like anticipated the season to be, it kind of th- people are now thrown off. Like all of the big Star Warsy kind of YouTubers that I watch and the reactors and stuff, all of them are like, okay, I think I had an idea of where the season was going before it started, and now I like I don't As- like where where is this going now? I have no clue. As did I, because I pointed out, like, after we watched episode one, like, okay, the big, uh, I don't want to do this as a spoiler. Um, my assumption would be, like, the big overarching plot of season three would be Mando and Grogu going to Mandalore and him going to the living waters to go bathe in them to atone 
for his sin of taking off his helmet. And um, we can go some other places. Apparently. Well, anyway, so... Um... Well, I, I'm very, very fascinated. I mean, this episode, I it was not what I was expecting. I mean, there's somebody who's very crucial in this episode that I wasn't really expecting to be. And there was a lot of character developments all the way across the board. I mean, really honest to God, there's only really like three characters in this episode. I mean, uh-huh. we got, I mean, no, we, no, we, shh, well, enough. We're gonna, well, we, <laughs> well, no, I was going to say we, we, oh. we see Polly for a minute. Oh yeah. Okay. Lots of, yeah, I know, but let's, okay. So anyway. everybody, okay. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, we, that's uh well, well, I think we'll do, we'll, we'll like before of habit, talk more about that on Sunday. Right. Well, after everybody has a chance to watch it. Cause like yeah. I said, it's, it's always a weird thing because they drop on Wednesday mornings at what, like 9 a.m. No, Eastern? no, no, no. They drop at midnight Pacific. So oh, you can watch so... it at 3 a.m. If you want. Okay. Like yeah. I, I suck yes. at time zones. Yes. You um... can. It's it, here. We could watch it at 3 a.m. If we wanted to. I'm not. No, I know. And by the way, I actually <laughs> do think that we might potentially do uh, an episode on Monday uh, this week, right? Right, discussing right, right, it Because right. the Oscars are this Sunday. Speaking and, of. I, I mean, discussing not Mandalorian, but The Last of Us, which is where we're going with Yeah, this. no, right. So, so because. Right. Because it will, it will be the season finale. Right. So, so on Sunday, we got both the season finale of uh of last of us and the oscars and so and we want to watch them so maybe yeah we'll see and yeah i i do think i do think it's not an accident that the chris rock special is coming out now like right around like the one year i think he said on stage god, just, oh my god I, <laughs> no i won't even make the comment i was about to say about anniversaries of things anyway okay. yeah you're correct okay <laughs> um yeah so um anyway uh i think we can oh like uh and so for the next uh, the other show that uh as 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 jen said to me earlier pedro pascal making single dads cool again I, I, I just said he was making single dads hot again hot again <laughs> yes okay <laughs> um so yes episode the penultimate episode of the last of us uh, which a lot of uh, game fans were saying uh, is potentially their favorite. It is by far the most one-to-one episode to the game thus far. And this is the episode, like if you've been listening, you when I, when I was talking about episode seven, I was saying I was expecting a completely different episode with a completely different cast of characters. This was the episode I was expecting them to do for episode seven, which is introducing David and his clan and going through that whole story arc of what happens to Ellie, what happens to David, Joel, everything with that. This is the the episode I was expecting for episode seven. So this was extremely well done, although I'm very curious about how they casted David because he looks nothing like he does in the video game, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was a a necessarily like an overriding guiding principle. It's just it's 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 a nitpick. His friend uh, is played by Troy Baker, who is the voice actor for Joel in the video game. Which this is a fun thing that they're apparently doing. Yes, I, I think Ashley Johnson 
of uh of critical role fame is uh in the last episode i actually know who she's playing i'm not going to say it because mm-hmm. spoilers uh but it is cool that they gave all of those a uh, kathleen's lieutenant who gets his head torn off by a bloater that was tommy's voice actor right and i think that marlene's voice actress is also has a small role in this so like naughty dog being involved with the production we're like hey we're gonna yeah we're gonna pull in the voice actors for like bit roles but i mean that's cool like yeah, that's very, fine it is very cool and i think it's, it's a fun nod it's a, it's a it's sort of a fan oriented move too right and like the, it kind of like quote unquote like pays respects or whatever mm-hmm. um but but he, and here's the thing here's the thing that people are complaining about a little bit in this episode but also in the show in general the idea that like the stakes are lowered meaning like there's no you never see any infected it, see uh scenes in the game in which are like uh there's many enemies and stuff or whatever I actually think that this show hit on a good idea in terms of adaptation, which is uh, uh, lower the body count because in a in a game, especially like a game that's about like killing people, whatever, right, killing people, yeah, and zombies like part and... of the yeah, part of the part of the idea of like agency and empowerment in video games in general. We want to talk about like the philosophy of game design is to make you feel powerful in a way, unless the point of the game is to make you feel weak or right, or like not, or disempowered. And games like this do that, where sometimes like your character will get shot in the leg and then like in the next segment, you're ho- you're hobbling, you press forward on the joystick and you hobble instead of walk. And that's the idea of like making you feel disempowered, realism, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but having every because you know if you basically every episode of this every like story beat is in the game is like yeah it was like this but also you kill 50 raiders because they come in the middle and that that when ellie and david are having that conversation before the guy circles back i think in the game yeah there's like a horde of infected that come and then you got to kill them together and then you and then you have another talk right Mm -hmm. and it's like okay It'll be, it'll like, it's not what this is about. And, and what we don't need that red meat. I really think that we're in a post. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was, I did not even, I did not even, that's very funny. That's, we did not need that red meat. (laughs) What is this? It's, venison Venison. (laughs) oh okay (laughs) that is very fucking funny i didn't even realize that i was but like in a in a post walking dead world i think we've matured beyond the need for stuff like that just to feel like i don't know uh get our like zombie fix like i i do think that by lowering the the body count and lowering the encounters and stuff it actually makes it more feel more dangerous meaning like yeah there's areas that the, you know that you're relatively safe in like in a small town mm-hmm. in Wyoming but when it's dangerous it is fucking dangerous right you're just you're not you're you know, like anytime conflict i'm trying to think of a time in this show where a, a conflict arose where there were no consequences like oh here come some enemies we killed them and we're okay has that ever happened all of the p- times in the game where it happens in the show they show up everybody's already dead right 
when Joel meets Ellie in the game, you kill a bunch of people, and there Ellie comes. When you kill uh, the guy mm-hmm. at the very beginning who stole the car battery, you go and you kill all his people, and then him test shoots him in the head in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Here you come there, he, they're already all dead. Every time there's some kind of encounter, the clickers or some kind of raiders, either somebody dies or somebody almost dies, right? That's good. That's like that ramps up the danger a ton. Right. And we can kind of, because there, there is a similarity here between The Last of Us and Mandalorian and Mary Suing characters, which we can discuss maybe Sunday, Sunday or, some, uh-huh. or some other time so that we don't like do Mandalorian spoilers. But like I said, this was most definitely the most one to one game to show episode thus far. And the thing about this scenario in both the game and in the movie or the movie, the show is that, and I have some slight quibbles about how they handled this, but for those of you who know the game, you know, the baby girl line, like, you know, what happens when Joel goes and finds Ellie in the situation and the, 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 the he calls her baby girl it's that obvious like the progression is complete like he's we've gone from joel viewing ellie as like cargo that he didn't want to even deal with in the first place all the way to basically viewing her as a surrogate daughter like not a replacement for sarah but feeling that way towards ellie and that is kind of the point of the whole David situation in both the game and the show is to kind of show that progression. And so in the game, it's handled a little differently because again, cut scenes versus an actual show. It's, it's a little more dramatic in the game because it's like, you know, Joel is sitting there. He's, you know, he's injured and things are going on. And then he's like, he just like wakes up like, something is wrong with Ellie. And then the next time you see him, he's like saving her. But obviously in the show, like you have to like show like how he got there. Yeah. And Clint, Clint Olson says, I mentioned this on social media. I'm glad that adversaries are dispatched more expediently. Unlike Negan from the walking dead. I couldn't stand that show after a while. And yeah, you're right. There is no, like there is, there isn't really like monologuing here. This is just like Joel, like, ugly murdering two guys right after torturing one of them for information and i do like the the contrast because you know you know that uh in the in like two episodes ago he delivers this exact same line to the elderly native american couple where he's like point to me where Mm -hmm. the thing is and you better be giving me the same and clearly in that moment he knows that he's you know, he's a, he's powerful. They got no power. He's also realizes they're non-threatening and that they're probably going to tell him the truth, right? They don't seem like they're going to have any motive to like deceive him. But then you see that like, this is kind of like a trick that he deployed. Like I imagine he's probably said it more in like the bloody knife in the knee way before than he did like nicely to some old guy. Uh, you see how he usually asks people for information and yeah, it's very, we joked like, don't name your, don't name, I said, don't name your children Khaleesi, folks. (laughs) Everybody's like, I named my baby Joel. But it also shows, again, to that point of like, 
how hard Joel is willing to go for Ellie. Like, it's clear that he feels like a father towards her. And this is the way that a father would react in this situation. Something clicked, like that you see a tiny flash of that in episode one, because the the Fedra guy that he pays off, that he sells pills to or whatever, mm-hmm. is about to shoot him. And he has this like flashback to the moment where it had where where Sarah got shot, and he he like he in blind rage like beats this guy into like mincemeat, right? He kills mm-hmm. him, he punches him to death, and use that is the exactly the instinct that kicks in here, finally, like in its full sort of blossomed form. Like in in a sense, if that were Sarah, that this is how he would act. Right. right? It's like it's not like he's like, where is my cargo? He's like. Where is my daughter? Yes. And Bella Ramsey. Like how cuz cuz uh cuz who who is it? Was it uh uh Andrew Sullivan? Right. Was like I can't watch the last of us Bella Ramsey's so bad. And it's like I I'm sorry, but what? like look, opinions are a thing, mm-hmm. but like some you can't you just you can't gaslight me into saying somebody's not acting well. Like what the fuck? Right. I mean, I I and of course there's there's a conversation to be had about people who are mad mad for some reason that she's, that not, she's not hot. And I like, don't even look. I don't want to. I mean, it's fine because Bella Ramsey's not underage. Uh, Ellie is, but right. I like I I I also don't I don't see it anymore. Like I don't. To me, I yes, she's not. She what she isn't. It's not that she's not. She doesn't have child actor face. Is what right. people and mean. It's like when people they talk about the like. Uh, I saw a really sad thread from some photographer who was like, because of these like Instagram filters. I'm. A, I, she was she's like, not I'm like a with like long curly hair or whatever, which is not Ellie in the first place. Yeah, people think Bella Ramsey is not doing a good job in this show. They think Ellie's like cringe or whatever. But a yeah, that's kind of he's a cringe. She's sort of right. A Ellie kid. is kind of cringe. She <laughs> loves like puns are her like ultimate fucking yeah. She's cringy and she's et- like she curses a lot. Right. In an attempt to be kind of edgy, like every teenager literally that's, ever. Yeah, this is all very deliberate. This isn't her like, th- and it's great. Like, and it feels and really authentic. Right. And it's not like this is something that isn't being adapted from the game. Like, this is how Ellie is in the game, even more so in the game. Like, this is like show Ellie is like a toned down version. Yeah. But of in Ellie. the game, she has the little freckles on the nose, like hey. every fucking Victoria's Secret model. And so, like, that's what it needs to be like. And yeah, like, I saw a oh, thre- she's got a huge. She's got a cute haircut. Her eyes are all sparkly. I saw a thread that some woman photographer, she was like, I take uh, like, uh, you know, glamour shots of women or whatever. And she said, because they put all these like Instagram filters on themselves every day, I'll take a picture of them and they'll look at it and think they look ugly. And I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? You look amazing in this. But what they mean is this doesn't look like my Instagram filter pictures. Right. Like this doesn't look like how you think Ellie should look because you're used to looking at like a video game version of Ellie. And I mean, I don't think that they're particularly all that dissimilar. I mean, I don't think they particularly made Ellie pretty in the video game. I mean, because it wasn't the point, like she wasn't trying to be pretty. She was just trying to like not die, but yeah, it's just, it's such a weird criticism and it's really one that's extremely telling of, how we consume media nowadays and what we expect to see. And I, I mean, that could, 
eventually one day bleed into a conversation about like TikTok filters and Instagram filters and yeah. AI and all of that good stuff. And, but, and also, by the way, yeah, but also, but also like the, 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 the trend that I'm, I don't, that is sort of itself, it's like self, uh, it's like self fueling to like, have pr- every, like people want a pretty people on TV. You watch your TV show. Why not pretty? Cause like Tyrion Lannister is a really good example in the books. There's a good, uh, there's a good, uh, uh game of Thrones YouTuber called Alt shift X. Mm-hmm. And if you go watch Alt shift X videos, a video called the real Tyrion Lannister, you will understand how much they t- toned down Tyrion right. Lannister, especially how ugly he is, especially, especially after the Battle of the Blackwater, where he gets a gigantic slash, right. his nose gets cut off. He looks like a living skeleton, essentially, after that. And he's also way more cruel in the later books. Like, he's very embittered. Like, there is a – people don't want to take things too far. And sure, I, I mean, I understand that, like, in a book, you could just be like, and he was dripping ooze all the time. <laughs> and so, and it's – you know, and you don't have to, like, right. look at it. But um, thank you, JD, for the link for the real Tyrion Lannister video. Uh, in general, I would watch every Al Shift X video about Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, an amazing, amazing YouTuber. Um, uh, but yeah, like, and so I don't know. People were just like, "Oh, she's not a child model. This is right, this no. is weird to me." It, and that's that can be a whole commentary in and of itself. Like, why is that weird to you? Like, this is not Ellie as a character is not meant to be particularly hot or good looking or anything because that's not like the point of her character. Like she's and she literally is a, she is a young girl. And she is a little girl. And right. Like, like at this the... point, she's still like 14. Yeah. 14. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so first off, why y'all even looking at a 14 year old character? Like, By that? the way, <laughs> the last time I remember a controversy like that, uh, was, uh, <laughs> This is going to be funny when I say it because you probably don't remember this, but it happened or whatever. Uh, when the remake of True Grit came out, I think this was like in 2013 or something like that, mm-hmm. with Jeff Bridges and uh, newly introduced actress Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. who looks a very kind of like a homely uh, um, Wild West girl in it. Mm-hmm. She, and I and and she, now look at her; she's like a sexy. She does whatever. She's like yeah. a fucking. She's like a sex symbol. And look at her performance in True Grit. She reminds me a lot of Bella Ramsey in terms of like early career. She was like a, even as a young girl, sort of exuded this sort of uh, she, when she was Mormont when she played Lady Mormont. I mm-hmm. remember thinking this reminds yeah. me a little of like Haley Steinfeld in True Grit, where she was like a little girl but had this sort of adult gravitas. Um, right. She does have kind of a very adult face. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think, and and also, she's also fucking cool. Like, go see her Twitter or social mm-hmm. media. Like, Bella Ramsey is fucking awesome. Like, I, and she's also Scottish. Is she British or Scottish? I don't know. So, and I, yeah. I don't care. Not American, she, which is impressive yeah. because she's she pulls off American very well. Right, and so like pointing out that she's like not hot is like that's the weirdest shit ever on many 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 levels yes i i was very i remember seeing that controversy and i was like i don't even know how to begin to respond to this because it's kind of weird on like three right like 
Yeah. Oh, she's non-binary. Okay. Oh, she's yeah, English. Yeah, I forgot. Whatever. Care. Yeah. Everybody now is the same with like both actresses that play Rhaenyra are non-binary. <laughs> Everybody non-binary now. Yes. Yes. My quantum computer identifies as non-binary. It's my geek gender joke. Right. So I, I see that we need to like start wrapping things yeah, up. Yeah, whatever. It's okay. You know, we don't have to like, yeah, but uh yeah, we're 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 about at the end. And so like and like we said, we're gonna probably but not non-committally <laughs> put the episode out like later on a Monday. Right. Um so that we can uh, talk about the Oscars. We thought maybe we would do like a live stream, but I think the problem with doing that is I just don't think that people are going to like, it's not right. It's not that interesting. No. If, if something happens like during the day or I don't know what, that would be yeah. better. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think, uh, I think that's about, that's about all. So like, stay tuned for that and uh, we'll just do some plugs. Right. Okay. So obviously you know where to find us here on Wednesday nights. Um, our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, drops on Mondays. You can catch us on all your podcast catchers, you know, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Slash Audible, all of that good stuff. Um, obviously, if you do not catch us live here on Colin, you can always catch us after the fact on any of your podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXober. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. Awesome. I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also YouTube.com slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. And uh, ambitious crossover attempt on YouTube. Again, things are going to happen there. This week, this next week is a uh, pivotal week in my entire year after which a lot of things are going to become a little more clear. Whatever, we'll talk <laughs> about it. That sounds way more serious than it actually is. I, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're you make it right. sound like you're like about to get married or something. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, con <laughs> hopefully, like, uh, hopefully it'll lead to some content and we can talk about it after. I just don't want to, I, I mean, I, I'm, it's not, I'm not, not a lot, whatever. Well, yeah. Anyhow. Yes. Stay tuned in, in uh, you know, in like the next, the not next episode, but the one after that of Ambitious Girls Over Time. We'll probably talk about that. But listen uh, to the next one too. Yeah. Of course, of course, <laughs> as always. Thank you very much and have a good night. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Noam. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.